This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets uh, closed mostly uh, sideways here this week. After getting off to a rough start, financial troubles with a huge Chinese real estate development firm being felt throughout the global economy. Evergrande was scheduled to make an $84 million interest payment last Thursday and another $48 million payment September 29th. Evergrande reportedly owes money to more than 170 Chinese banks, 120 other financial institutions. And if it defaults on those interest payments, the pain could be felt throughout the world's second largest economy. The agriculture markets have somewhat stabilized following the big sell-off early in the week. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says China's ban on cryptocurrency could also have an impact on the gold market. Smith thinks cryptocurrency story could be a bigger story than was first thought. China has set a precedent with this. Governments are not with cryptocurrency, and neither is a guy across town here named Warren Buffett. And China setting this precedent will make it easier for other uh, governments to do the same thing. I think that may be the biggest piece of news for the week. The combination of good demand and input supply shortages has Stonex Commodities market analyst John Payne expecting grain prices to trade in a new plateau. Payne says prices may stop going higher, but he's not expecting them to go back down to previous levels. Maybe we stop rallying, but when you have overseas corn prices trading at $250 a metric ton, $5 corn sub $200. So you're going to see a lot of demand come as soon as the port of New Orleans will allow it. And I think at the same time, you know, we've got South American crops to watch now. So uh, we'll see if any weather developments will, will, will happen down there. Soybeans going into the ground over the next 30 days. And then, you know, after three months, they'll plant another huge corn crop to try to try to capitalize on all this new acreage they have. So uh, that's kind of the mid-story, mid, mid um, you know, and I haven't even mentioned China. But that, that's kind of a sideshow at this point. As harvest moves into full swing in the U.S., Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Sam Hudson will be watching yield reports and cash prices. Well, we're seeing the cash inversions come out of the market, and geez, the way the forecast looks, we could make pretty quick work of this thing. Generally speaking, it looks warm and dry, uh, and I think that'll really accelerate bean harvest. I think we're going to see that get going around here in central Illinois in the back half of this week and into next, and then kind of get back on that corn. But crops all the way around have really been sped to maturity here over the last three or four weeks with the warm, dry look. And uh, we were thankful just to, to get about an inch rain here uh, the night before last just to kind of settle the dust and, and settle the nerves down a little bit. Grain markets expected to be well supported of the remainder of the year. However, Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback not so sure demand will be as strong as most traders expect. I would argue that demand is decent, but China is not uh, accelerating. Uh, the National China uh, Advisor for China's centralized planning announced that they're going to lower their five-year average of hog production from 40 to 43 million down to about 35. So they're softening their demand. Doesn't mean they will uh, go sharply lower, but they're not going to be as aggressive on the demand buying side as they've been in the past. In the 21 major dairy straits, August milk production increased 1.1% from a year ago. South Dakota had the biggest increase in production, up more than 16%. That was helped by 22,000 head increase in the size of the state's cow herd. Minnesota's milk production rose 2.3%. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. The harvest season is an exciting time, but it can also be a dangerous one. The team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services reminds everyone to practice farm safety, 
by taking breaks and staying alert when operating large machinery, and to slow down and share the road when farm vehicles are present. If you're working with grain bins, please try to avoid working alone. From everyone at Egg Country, have a safe and successful harvest season. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. This Week in News, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. EPA Administrator Michael Regan says the agency is still analyzing information on dicamba damage from the 2021 growing season. EPA is concerned about dicamba damage reports. We're encouraging others with relevant information to continue to provide it to the agency so that we can make the best decisions possible. Regan also talked about the changes made to the pesticide label restrictions under the 24C label, making it more difficult for states to set their own dicamba regulations. Instead, the EPA wants states to use Section 24A to address regulations. Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson says Minnesota has been meeting with the EPA to determine the next steps for dicamba use next year. You know, I'd like to make a decision on dicamba and announce something by uh, December 1st is when we've done that in the past years. Um, we have to have some changes made from the EPA to uh, have our own label. We're not able to do that right now without some uh, work within the uh, EPA. And so, um, but the June 30th date for some parts of Minnesota just did not work this year. And so we are looking at that. And, uh, but we need them uh, to uh, work with us. About 300 official dicamba complaints were made in Minnesota. Last year, that's about double what the complaints were in 2020. If you've been using sunflower screenings for your cattle feed, be on the lookout for Palmer amaranth. Two new reports of Palmer were confirmed on cattle farms in western North Dakota last week. This is not the first time Palmer amaranth has been found in sunflower screenings in North Dakota. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack met with the National Farmers Union for their virtual fly-in. Vilsack gave the status of state executive directors at the Farm Service Agency. I'm sure there are people out there that are frustrated by this, but they can't be anywhere near as frustrated about it as I am. I think in the next 30 days, you're going to see appointments being made in both FSA offices and rural development offices. It's probably going to come in, in waves, if you will. Uh, the way this process works, they they take uh, 10 or 15 states, they get nominations, they, they, they seek information from senior uh, Democratic officials in those states. They vet the people, and that's what takes forever, uh, is the vetting process. House Agriculture Committee leadership released a statement on disaster relief funding included in the continuing resolution that will keep government funded past September 30th. House Agriculture Committee Chair David Scott says including ag disaster assistance in the continuing resolution is the fastest way to provide critical assistance to farmers. The bill provides $10 billion for agriculture disaster assistance programs. It would also require farmers who receive payments under the WIP plus program to enroll in crop insurance. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz announced a $10 million drought relief package to support Minnesota farmers and livestock producers impacted by the severe drought conditions during the 2021 growing season. Much of Minnesota experienced moderate to extreme drought with portions of the state in exceptional drought. This proposal includes $5 million in rapid response grants. There's also $5 million included for the Rural Finance Authority's Disaster Recovery Loan Program. The drought relief package will be 
considered in an upcoming special session of the Minnesota Legislature expected to happen in October. The North Dakota Stockmen's Association Convention and Trade Show is underway this week. Emotions in the room are high as cattle producers, industry stakeholders gather to reflect on the challenges in the last year. Despite all of the challenges, President Jeff Schaefer from New Rockford, North Dakota, says recent rains are providing a somewhat dim light at the end of the tunnel. I hope that there's enough grass out there to support them and we've got them on fall grazing also. So that was a good feeling to get them out and I don't know who is happier, us or them. Drought has been and continues to be top of mind for the North Dakota livestock industry. From January to July, more than 148 cows have been moved in the state, an 18% increase compared to 2020. U.S. biofuels industry still waiting to hear the details of the EPA's proposed 2021 renewable volume obligations. Earlier this week, Reuters reported the Biden administration was considering big cuts in the nation's biofuel blending requirements. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Sarkov's release spot has been a challenge for sugar beet growers for years. I'm John Samdahl, sales manager with Beta Seed, and I know firsthand the impact Sarkospra has on our growers and their bottom line. That's why I'm excited about a new ally in the battle against Sarkospra. It's a new trait called CR Plus that balances disease tolerance with yields in a way no previous technology has. 60 years in the making, there's innovation bred into every seed. CR Plus is available pending approval in select Beta Seed varieties in our American Crystal Market for the 2022 growing season. Beta Seed, breeding confidence. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Drought conditions are improving across the northern plains. The diagonal band of exceptional drought that was in northwest Minnesota is now gone. Abnormally dry to extreme drought conditions do remain across the state. Exceptional drought remains in North Dakota, but only in the far southwestern corner of the state. Majority of North Dakota does remain in moderate to extreme drought conditions, however. South Dakota had a, a decline as well in drought conditions with a reduction in extreme drought in the far southeastern part of the state. Portions of uh, southeastern South Dakota no longer in drought at all. Dry conditions continue to linger across the U.S. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says half the country is experiencing some sort of drought condition. 50% of the country reporting short to very short topsoil moisture on September 19th. Just 3% of the country surplus on that date. There are a couple of wet spots, mainly in the southeast and northeast. For example, in New York State, where we had flooding recently in the southern part of the state, 43% surplus. We also see numbers at least a quarter surplus in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in the southeast. On the flip side, combination of just the time of year, late summer, plus drought, leading to some extremely dry conditions for topsoils in many parts of the country. Days are getting shorter and cooler. Last year, an extremely early frost swept across parts of North Dakota and Minnesota on September 7th, 8th, and 9th, one of the earliest on record, according to North Dakota Agriculture Weather Director Daryl Richeson. And if you go just want to play statistics <laughs> and just go look back at the records, usually if you have a really early one, the next year tends to be you know average or later. You know, it goes back and forth. But generally speaking, not for everyone. You know, we've had more la later than average 
um, freezes, say, in the last 20 years than we've had early war ones. And so this year, it looks like we would be near average or maybe a smidge later than average. But, you know, it does, to me, in a way, um, balance out. Richardson's forecast for the winter months is calling for average to just below average temperatures and close to average snow cover. Nationwide, 10% of the corn, 6% of the soybeans have been harvested as of last Monday's USDA Crop Progress Report. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says there are at least two Midwestern states with corn maturity at least 20 percentage points ahead of their long-term averages. Those two states, Illinois, 72% mature versus 52% on average, and Minnesota, 59% versus 37%. In North Dakota, 11% of the soybeans were combined, up from 7% last year. 3% of the corn is harvested, which is equal to last year. 81% of North Dakota's canola, 57% of the dry beans have been harvested. 29% of the potatoes are dug. 38% of the sunflower bracts have turned brown, which is behind the 46% last year. Combines just beginning to roll in South Dakota's corn and soybeans. 3% of the soybeans, 4% of the corn has been harvested, in line with what was happening a year ago. Pasture conditions in South Dakota rated 80% poor to very poor. 11% of Minnesota's soybean crop and 6% of the corn have been harvested. That's up from 3% for both crops a week ago. Over half of the dry beans and 41% of the potatoes are harvested. 35% of Minnesota's topsoil moisture is rated short to very short. That's an 8% improvement over last week. Far southern Brazil received significant rain over the past week, allowing early corn and soybean planting. World Weather Incorporated meteorologist Andrew Owens says Rio Grande do Sul, Santa Catarina, and Paraná saw up to three and a half inches of rain over the past week, while remaining portions of Brazil reported little to no rain. Temperatures hot as well, 90 to 110 degrees. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. As a grower, you want yield. Pioneer brand Enlist E3 Soybeans deliver. This is the most advanced trait technology available in soybeans, all backed by the power of Pioneer. With tolerance to 2,4-D choline, glyphosate, and glufosinate, Pioneer brand Enlist E3 Soybeans offer options to control the toughest weeds while limiting future resistance issues and delivering strong yield potential. Another thing that makes Pioneer, Pioneer. When market prices rise and fall, or an important decision is made on Capitol Hill, the first choice for farmers and ranchers is the Red River Farm Network. Trust Don Wick, Randy Conan, Kara Hart, and Megan Overby to deliver the news that impacts your bottom line. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Your number one source for agriculture information, the Red River Farm Network.